When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, well, Neil, um, interesting lay of the land ahead of this one. The Merseyside Derby, a lot more unconventional than, than recent years, I think. In fact, it was just before we before we started chatting, I was just having a look at the statistics, and it will be 10 years to the day since Everton last won a Merseyside Derby. Does that feel ominous to you in any way? <laughs> do you know what that those stats eventually it, it will end that run I, I think we know that but and it's been an incredible run from Liverpool to to have that dominance over that period of time I think there's been derby games going into it where Everton have, have maybe been in better form but for whatever reason haven't delivered and got the result got themselves over the line whereas this season this game you're looking at it and thinking Everton certainly before the international break have been absolutely superb they've been impressive and they go into the derby game full of confidence and belief, whereas Liverpool are looking to respond. Liverpool will have been hurt from that defeat against Aston Villa and desperate to respond. I've, I've had several trails of thoughts on that 7-2 defeat because um, I'd have thought immediately after that, and you think, you know, you put yourself in Jurgen Klopp's shoes in the dressing room after that game. Mm-hmm. I'd have wanted a game immediately. I'd have played the day after if it was possible yeah. Um, yeah. in terms of trying to put that right. Yeah. The fact that they've had a fortnight, the fact they've had loads of players away, international duty, the, the, the COVID stuff that's gone on with the mm. um, it's it's a, it's a pickle he's probably not been in. Well, he certainly won't have been on the back of a defeat like that to any club in the Premier League. But how do you think he'll have approached this? Because it, I think it's something that he, he will never have likely have experienced as a manager in, in having to sort of bounce back from a defeat like that and also 
given the time and issues and everything else that's crazy in the world. I mean, it's, I know. it's a difficult one for him, isn't it? Uh, no, not ideal. Like you say, after any defeat, you're desperate to get back out there as soon as possible, whether it's a few days or a week later. Whereas the difference has been, the majority of the team that played that day have been away different parts of the world. They've had two, maybe three international games mm. and have had to focus on something different rather than putting it right, what was um, a disappointing result. What's interesting, though, you talked about stats a little bit earlier on, was Liverpool have obviously lost games in the Premier League with Jürgen before, 23 in total, but have never lost back-to-back Premier League games. So he's always found a way for the lads to respond after that disappointment. And even though there has been a break, I think the preparation hasn't been ideal for this game because the players have been everywhere. But still, I think mentally, he will have um, made sure the players respond from that defeat. In terms of personnel in that game, um, the, thing that, the thing that shocked me, I mean, Adrian's case in point, which we'll get on to, but looking at other players, senior players in that team, um, Joe Gomez, I, I thought Virgil was anonymous at times as well. I mean, you, you'll know this as a pro um, in, in all the games you'll have played in your career. Do you just simply have days like that or is there something a little bit deeper to it? Well, what's wrong with Liverpool defensively? That back four... Played pretty much all of last season mm. and started last season with one clean sheet and six at the start as well. And everyone was asking the same questions. And I know Liverpool didn't concede seven in any of those games, but I think there was an accumulation of weren't at it. Aston Villa were at it. I thought they were superb. Jack Grealish and certainly Watkins in particular were, were unbelievable. A little bit of luck on the day went mm. Villa's way with a few deflections. And I feel as though the fans. Not being there was was a big factor as well. Now, we're desperate to see fans back. When Liverpool got the game back to 2-1 against Aston Villa, Villa Park would have gone nervous. All them yeah. fans would have gone, oh, no, they're back in it. But, I but, but the fans weren't there. And so they can't change the momentum of the game, which which that goal would have done. And, and so Villa kept playing with that bravery, that belief. I'm not sure they would have done it had there been 40,000 fans inside Villa Park. That's a, that's a really good point. Um I feel, I, do you know what I felt that in games and obviously you report on a lot of games as well um, yeah. where momentum changes that you're used to and you can sort of feel as, yeah. as, a, as a spectator that doesn't happen these days without with, without fans there no. and it, it did feel, it felt to me when it, when it got to 2-1 and even when it got back to 4-2 I was like I'm expecting Liverpool to have a bit of an onslaught now I'm expecting them to whether they got back in the game or not but I'm expecting them to fire shots at goal all the time be on the front foot consistently but without fans there and even in a way fan presence because Villa Park mm. like you say really nervous probably quite quiet and Liverpool fans would have been in full voice I mean we do forget I think um, post-Covid post-lockdown football has had that effect on, on teams and games without a doubt without a doubt and um, you think about how many, how many times late on where every, you pile the ball forward and the fans are almost mm. in, encouraging you to get that late goal? And, and, and a lot of the time it happens, whereas t- teams are more comfortable. They don't have that same pressure anymore without the supports there. Um, and for me, that has been a noticeable difference. Uh, and, and there'll be many more examples yeah. of that. I, th- I think this game's a great example. Everton v Liverpool this weekend. I, pl- I only played Dave once in the game at Goodison in, in this derby. And it was different to any other atmosphere you experienced as a Liverpool player because you're not welcome there, you're not liked there. And, and, and no matter how good a player you are, that atmosphere plays a part. Uh, and and the, the players, Liverpool, they went there with the nil-nil after lockdown and, and again will this weekend. Without the fans there, that has to be a positive and an advantage for Liverpool. 
Just excuse my two little fashion going crazy in the background there, mate. <laughs> I the are, are they disagreeing <laughs> with me? You've been cheering up your your side of the city, mate. I think they're about <laughs> that. Um, on to the goalkeeper then. Um, and look, it's 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 going to be a match between two keepers who have who have been quite poor, if we're frank about it, this season. Um, certainly, I think on a more consistent basis, Jordan Pickford's been the worst of the two. But in in obviously one big example. Adrian against Villa, um, at, at Liverpool fans pulling the hair out. Um, mm. I mean, Jurgen Klopp, and I'm just relating this back to Carrius really, and um, the faith he showed him. There were rumours over the window that Jack Butland was a potential target from Stoke. I'm not too sure how successful he would have been, to be honest, either. But um, he has no option, really, but to stick with Adrian Allison still out for a while, we know. Um, and as a, as a goalkeeper, he, he, he interests me, Adrian, because in the FA Cup derby last season when Curtis Jones scored the winner, he was really good. He's a confident keeper, perhaps overly confident. The yeah. way I see it when I see him, he seems like he's quite 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 arrogant. You seen the video he had made of himself, um, which was a bit bizarre. Um, what, what what do you make of how Klopp handles this situation and what he's said to him? Because he come out after the game, stuck with him, said that he, he's got his full backing. Um, but from where I'm sitting, there's no he hasn't really got any any choice in the matter. He wouldn't call up the third choice guy would he no no Kelleher um no I, I think it's just how long Alisson's out for what they're saying it's four to six weeks you know if that's four to six months that's a different ball game I think mm. he would have maybe looked at maybe replacing him with, with a different goalkeeper I think Adrian has made some really good saves in the games he's played but he's also been prone to mistakes um like we saw against Aston Villa and a few times last season um and you're just hoping that He's had time over this international break to, to work with the coaching staff and, and and just believe have that confidence that the mistakes will uh, will be limited in in the game time that he has. But he's, he's got the best centre half in the world in front of him, and mm. I think that's where the communication is really important to help him. What you would expect and think is he's going to be tested at Goodison and he's going to have to have a decent game, uh, like he did in that FA Cup game. And, and I'm hoping he has one of those days rather than the one against Villa. I mean, you you'll you have seen Jordan Pickford. In the headlines, I mean, he, he wasn't great for England either in midweek. I mean, in your opinion, what what do you put your finger on in terms of what he's he's got to contend with and going on? Because I think a lot of Evertonians we speak to talk about his mentality and how his, his head seems to go when he when he makes a mistake. And it's funny because I was I, I've chatted to a couple of personal friends of his who say one of his key attributes is how he's able to put things out of his head when 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 it's happened mm. but he has made a mistake and. I watch him these days and think that it's the it's the opposite effect. It seems to to jolt him in the wrong direction, and he, he seems to get really quite aggressive and angry with himself. And, and and his body language is all over the place. I mean, this is a guy that was touted as being England's number one for in excess of a decade. Just mm. a couple of years ago, had that World Cup moment as well. One of the things for me, um, I think about him is that he seems to care a little bit more about playing for England than he does for his club side. I don't, I don't know. Could you see a player ever ever be in that way? Because he seems to get himself far more in gear to play for England than he does for Everton. Well, well, I, I think your manager, is, I think his recruitment's been superb, hasn't it? And, and I think he's recognised that maybe maybe Pickford needs a little bit more of a push, whether he replaces mm. him with, um, is it Olsen you signed from, from yeah. Roma? Whether he decides to go with, with him, the Swedish international, or stick with Pickford. But what it does say is, your position isn't as safe as maybe you thought it was. And all of a sudden, psychologically, if you know you are being pushed a little bit more, 
then he's got to be on it. Uh, and it may well improve his, his performances um, with the, the arrival of Olsen. I mean, the wider point there, I think, both both sets of teams with, in regards to the goalkeepers is, do they have number twos that are good enough? And I suppose in modern day football, it's difficult to get a squad together where you have an adequate number two because they're, mm. you know, they're good enough. They'll always want first team football. Yeah, well, well, exactly that. He wants to sit on the bench. <laughs> and, mm. and, and obviously in Liverpool have signed one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So it's difficult to, to attract someone to come and sit on the bench. He went for the more experienced option of Adrian, hoping that he wouldn't, perhaps be needed that often but he was start of last season played a number of games and again we're seeing that at the start of this season it is what it is but what I would say is when Alisson has played he's made a massive difference yeah. for Liverpool even the game against Arsenal this season it was 2-1 Lacazette goes clean through that's a massive moment that's a huge yeah. save where he says that could have been a draw that could have been a couple of drop points for Liverpool and that's what Alisson gives you which Liverpool haven't had that for a number of years with the goalkeeper and, and that's been a big reason why Liverpool have gone from top four to now competing for the title again because of the goalkeeper being so good. Does, does his niggly injuries worry you a little bit, Neil? Because, I mean, it, 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 it seems to be more and more frequent that he has these little spells, or in this case, a little bit of an extended spell on the sideline. Um, do you think the sort of size and the frame of him sort of plays a factor in that? I mean, because he's, he's such an imposing figure, isn't he? Mm, I don't know. Everyone's different, aren't they? All the players are different, the bodies, and how they react to the training, how they react to the... So what's going on? So uh, I don't know. I hope not. I'm hoping this is just sort of one of those injuries he can get over and he can be right for for what will be um, another really good season for Liverpool. Uh, we'll move on to the more awkward points of the conversation, mate. Because I know you've been worrying about this just from the messages you sent me beforehand. You've already talked about it, Villa. Oh, it can't oh, get I any more awkward than that, can it? I knew you'd try and dodge it. And listen, I've, I, listen, I've been nice, haven't I? I haven't <laughs> on the seventh. So it's only fair that I fire some questions about you waxing lyrical about certain elements of Everton's game that's made them the league leaders going into this one. <laughs> in terms, look, you, you, you're a striker, um, a very good striker as well in your day. I'll give you that compliment. Um, that's nice, thanks. <laughs> Dominic Calvert-Lewin um, mm. has been through the ring. Do you know what? There's a few relations that I perhaps want to throw your way with him. Um, simply because when he came to Everton, it was the most, in really difficult circumstances given the there was a huge influx of cash. They spent it horrendously on, on a variation of different forward players. Uh, it seemed to be like 10 number 10s that Ronald Koeman had bring in. And he, he's been through all of that. Uh, Koeman decided to field him a right wing back. He's put him on the wing at times. Basically a little bit of a sacrificial lamb in that side. Mm-hmm. And he's come through it um, with, with the flying colours. And you look at him now and he looks one of the most potent strikers in, in the Premier League. Um, mm-hmm. Can you relate to that difficulty? As, as a player where you've not been first choice or you've been asked to play a role that you, does not suit you as a as an out-and-out front man. Yeah. How difficult is that to overcome? Did you know, it, it didn't happen often because for me, back back then, it, it was more of the sort of 4-4-2. Whereas now, I think we've seen a lot of that change with, with that one striker. And, and the problem is and uh, the, the two strikers are sort of seems to have gone away. Whereas Calvert-Lewin is that centre forward and if you're asked to play in a different position right wing left wing you don't want to let your team down so you start defensively do that side of the game more rather than offer the threat you have going forward because you're thinking I'm playing out here I don't want to let the team down so then you start stop doing what you are good at whereas Calvert-Lewin I think has been played down the middle 
certainly under Ancelotti, he's got a manager who believes in him. He's looking at him thinking, wow, you're one of the best managers in world football and you believe in me. He's got big Duncan Ferguson there who's got his arm around him, giving him a little bit more encouragement, what, how to succeed uh, Everton. Like you say, the development in him has been incredible to think that he now deserves his place in, in the England squad. He, he's taken that next step to international football, which I thought he handled really well. He's a presence as a centre-forward. He's a handful, but he's also a goal threat. What's he got this season? How many goals he got? About eight or nine goals already this yeah, season? Nine, yeah, nine, yeah. yeah, and once you start adding the goals to your game, all of a sudden, then you become that top-class player. I think playing around some quality like James Rodriguez, as a centre-forward, you think, I'm going to get chances. He's going to provide me with chances. Dinya with the quality he has on that left-hand side. So I think the creativity now you have in the side will be helpful for Calvert-Lewin to, to know he's going to get more chances for that mentality and that confidence. I mean, when you were young and coming through like that, when you were asked to perform different roles, and you rightly said that you do anything you can to, even if you're given the game time, I presume you're, you're obviously sitting there willing, ready to do whatever the manager asks of you. Yeah. Is there, a, is there a frustration that creeps in at some point when you're constantly asked to do something different to what you'd like to be doing at the side? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, ultimately, everyone wants to be out there on the pitch, but they want to be in the favoured position. But they'll do what's best for the team. And, and if you're asked to do a role which you're not comfortable or that good at doing, you'll always, always be more more safe, more cautious and, and try and not let the team down rather than maybe take those risks, maybe be a bit more braver because you're more confident in your position. Um, and that will always be the case. I remember Danny Ings was a little bit similar at Liverpool, watching Danny Ings, great centre-forward, but he's asked to play out wide. And I'm seeing him tracking back rather than really, opposition box, not getting the touches he needed in there to be the threat that he is. He's gone to Southampton, played down the middle, and now he's you know he's, he's scoring the goals, which he can do. And, and that's the same for Calvert-Lewin. He's a centre-forward. If you see him out wide, that then perhaps he won't be offering the goal threat that he is doing now. Mm-hmm. Looking at the rest of this side, Neil, um, and like I said, it's been 10 years since I've got a result against Liverpool, 20-odd years since we won at Anfield. Um do you look at this Everton side as something a little bit different to what you've seen in previous years? I know you mentioned at the start of the chat that yes. um, you've had opportunities to win these games. You've had opportunities, perhaps, with it being the form side going into them. Um, we would see that as an inferiority complex. I think most Evertonians would say that we've lost a lot of these games before they've even kicked off in, in, inside the, the players' heads. Mm. Do you look at this as a different beast now? Um, I know it's only been four games. and I know the caveat to most of the poor fans uh, yeah. in, this, in this will be well, you haven't really played anybody yet. There's any that win at Spurs that was perhaps the anomaly in all of this. But is it a different Everton side in terms of Liverpool perhaps thinking, well, we need to have a little bit more of a think about this. It's not going to be the sort of onslaught we've seen in the past. Yeah, without a doubt, because the, the recruitment's been very, very good this summer. You signed players like Hammers, Rodriguez, Allen, and you're thinking, they're Champions League players and they've gone to Everton knowing that they're not playing European football but they've gone there because the, the manager has said we, we could potentially do something big here and, and the recruitment has been completely different to what we've seen at Everton. What I would say is the timing of the game isn't great. Do you know, if this had been next weekend, I think it would have been a cracking game. And the reason I say that is because two of you front three who have been excellent for you this season, haven't they? Richarlison and, and James Rodriguez. They've been away in South America. Yeah. They've both played a couple of games each, Brazil and uh, and Colombia. And it doesn't matter who you are. When you come back, everyone's jaded from that, from that long journey. No preparation, no real recovery for a massive game like this. Had they had a week to prepare, I think maybe we would have seen 
a better quality game than, than the one. I think we'll see. I think Alan will be fresh. They've kept him back, haven't they? So he'll mm. be raring to go. Um, so, so that's obviously a big strength for Everton. Whereas Liverpool, I'm looking at Liverpool, grateful that Salad had no international football. Mane's raring to go. He was kept out of the Villa game for COVID. He's had no international football. Those two are going to be on it. Um, Thiago's back and, and looks like he's going to be starting. Henderson's back for it. So, so Liverpool have got those positives. But Firmino then comes into the same category as Richarlison, as James Rodriguez. Very important player for Liverpool, Firmino. But I don't know if he's going to start the game because of the travel and the game involvement he's had with the international break. And, and that's all it is. It's, it's a great game we're looking forward to, the form both teams have been in at the start of the season. But if they, if they had a full week to prepare, I think we'd have seen a better game than, than the one I'm thinking we may see on Saturday. I may, it may be wrong. May, you know, may see an absolute cracker. I hope it is. Um, but I'm thinking it'd be closer to that nil-nil we've seen in recent years rather than it being a, a 3-3, 4-4. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think... You know, it's a really weird thing to say right now, but that that sort of godsend of Mane having the virus when he did, and, and how he's able to come back in time for this is is obviously a big boost for Liverpool. He looked like you said Salah as well. I think without t- taking any international football in, the big one for me will be Thiago Neil. Yeah. We've, we've only seen him once, um, and I think from a neutral point of view, people were drooling over what he was doing in terms of his passing of the ball, his distribution getting off the pitch, everything like that. Will I imagine it'll be him, possibly Wijnaldum and, and Henderson, um, who yeah. start the game. Maybe Fabinho plays at centre-half if they're still in doubt. So is, is Gomez injured, is he? Or? No, Gomez, but I think he plays for England, didn't he? I, yeah, I, I, yeah I'd be, I, I think that's where Liverpool will go with that midfield. I think Fabinho may may miss out. He may, he may put him in for extra protection. He didn't get much game time for Brazil. Um, but I think Thiago will play. I think Gini will play because of the energy he has a little bit similar to Ducore in your midfield. Great energy. Um, and Henderson being back the captain, I'd, you know, I'd probably expect to see him start as well. I mean, it's nice to, it's nice to think of an actual midfield duel, isn't it? I mean, I look back yes. up the season when we had Sigurdsson, Tom Davis in there um, and it was it was just a nightmare and it felt like Liverpool would score every single time they got the ball, even, even when you put the kids out and beat us in the FA Cup. Um, but now it looks like we've got something that will be a genuine midfield contest. Like you yeah. say, he's got that physicality. Alan loves loves to get involved in the tackle. I mean, I think a red card's probably nailed on. <laughs> it, 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 it's intriguing that, like you say, I think the overwhelming, overwhelming point you've made there is, is in terms of you wish this game was at a time when everyone could enter it fresh, but those frailties, I think you're right, in, in terms of jet lag and stuff like that, probably puts the emphasis more on Liverpool to take this game to Everton, because I think many Evertonians, and certainly in my mind before the international break, it was, well, I think we've actually got a chance of potentially going toe-to-toe with Liverpool here. Yeah. I think when we've got the better results in, in recent years, and they obviously they're only draws, but the nil-nil last season, for instance, was Everton soaking up a lot of Liverpool pressure and then pushing towards the end of the game to try and make a goal and obviously it very nearly happened mm. um, I'm starting to think like yourself there that it'll be more a case of that given Liverpool seem to be generally in a better place in, in regards to fitness yeah we got to remember as well that that nil-nil uh, back in June was the first game back wasn't it after yeah. lockdown yeah. so you can understand perhaps the quality wasn't quite there the lads were a little bit rusty no fans as well speak about the importance that, that Goodison that the fans can have in, in this sort of fixture and has been a big difference over the years, I think seven of the last eight, is it something like that, have been draws? Yeah. 
um, which has been a difficult place for Liverpool to go to. This is a really difficult fixture, but for me, one of the main reasons was because of the fans, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they made such a big difference. So I don't know what we'll see this weekend without the fans there. Everton did sit a little bit deeper, but I'm thinking, was that because it was first game back? I don't think Goodison mm. would have allowed them to have sat that deep um, against Liverpool. Um, and they may come with a similar game plan, knowing that Liverpool with a high line, if they can tie those runs in behind, they may get opportunities if they tie those runs in behind Liverpool's defence. So um, I, I hope we see goals. I hope we see a, a decent yeah. game and both teams can play to what we've seen uh, that they're capable of this year. Just to finish, mate, I've got to ask you, what's your prediction? Dave, as if, as if I'm going to come on here and say anything other than a Liverpool win. I'm confident Liverpool will respond. I've got that stat from Klopp. He's lost 23 Premier League games, won 15, drawn eight. So I've got that one to back me up. I've got Mane's back, raring to go. Salah's fit. Um, the only one you're going to chuck at me is the Adrian one. So so I'm confident. I'm confident we can get a win. But I'm, I'll take a, a scrappy 1-0 or, or something. I just hope we're not talking about VAR and all that again. I hope it's a decent game. And um, I know we get the win. Sorry. Oh, sorry, because I expected you to say. It. In fact, I, I expected to be <laughs> to be honest with you. Would come in. So I think all the Twitter trolls my feet back on this. To be honest, mate. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, thanks so much, mate, for your time. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Dave. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.